Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, that's why we don't use the word too much anymore, I don't. Christian? Because kind of in the United States, not as true today, obviously. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I believe in God. We've already been through that. No, are you following Jesus Christ right now? In other words, are you becoming like Him? It's a daily lifestyle. It's something you don't do every three weeks. It's a daily lifestyle depending upon Him. So once I'm saved, then that's it, right? I don't need to do anything else, right? Pastor Mark will tell us today on Lessons for Living that real faith is never alone. There will always be actions, works, fruit. These actions and good works are the proof that our faith is real, saving faith. Our faith must be alive and in action. Jesus was a great example of this for us. Everywhere he went, he showed people his love through actions. In fact, the greatest way he showed us his love was by one action. His death on the cross. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 15, with his continuing study entitled, Real Faith is Never Alone. Lord, let us hear your lessons for Not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says they're a Christian is going to go to heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Notice, but only he who, say the word with me, does. Only he who has evidence, proof, fruit, action. And in this case, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The next verse, you don't ever want to hear the next verse. And Jesus says to them, depart from me. That's their end. They live separated from God forever. Why? Well, they said it. They may have convinced themselves, but they weren't really true believers because their faith wasn't saving faith. Now, We have an illustration then of kind of how that works. People say things, they say the right things, but there's no action. Look at verse 15. Just an illustration. Suppose a brother or sister is out clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, so here's a believer who sees another believer who doesn't have adequate food and clothing. If one of them says to him, you you see that, and you go to him and say this, you, you say to him, Hey, I wish you well. Keep warm. Be well fed. But, notice the word, but does nothing. 
about his physical need, what good is it? Another rhetorical question. What good is it? It is no good at all. See, here's, a, here's another believer who, who sees this guy in need, and he comes and he does what? Hey, gives him a nice pat on the back. Man, I really appreciate that. I understand you have that really need. Let me just tell you something. You know, God has promised to provide your needs. I mean, you can read the scripture. He will do it. No good thing with he will hold from you. And so I just want to encourage you today. Have a nice day. See ya. Well, what's the deal with that? You see, if I have the ability, what should I have done to that man? Helped him somehow. I can't help everybody, but God put him in my path. So is that man's faith? Doesn't matter what he says. Nice words. No action. So what good are words without action? The answer is no good at all. Now, when we studied 1 John, remember this one? 1 John 3, 17 and 18. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. You see how that's beginning to fit together? Now, look at verse 17. James continues. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, say these last two words, is what? Is dead. It's useless. Is dead. James says this faith is dead. It's profitless. It isn't saving faith. It's fruitless. There's no evidence. There's no evidence that it's real saving faith. James says this, faith without works, is simply dead. But real faith is alive and consistently expresses itself through action. Now, don't mistrust what I'm going to tell you here. Again, let me just say this to you. When we get to the end, you'll understand this. James and Paul, as all the Bible, simply believe this. We're saved by faith alone. No question about it. But watch this. Notice where James is going. And you'll see later, Paul goes to the same place. Now, here's what I want you to write this morning. Here in the commons, in the cafetorium, those of you watching online, and uh, in Vieira there, understand this statement. Write it down. Real faith is never alone. It's never alone. Now, it's going to be alone when you ask Christ into your life, basically. But the minute you begin to leave that, it's never going to be alone. There will always be actions, works, and fruit. Now, James isn't saying you're, you're saved by faith plus works. No, he's not saying that at all. But he's saying eventually faith never stands simply alone. It never stands alone. Now, let me give you an example how this works. Any of you ever been uh, accused of having a big mouth? Can I, can I see your hand? This pill's for you. <laughs> this pill's for you. Now, if this pill is a real pill and you have high blood pressure, you have high blood pressure, okay? If this is a real pill and your blood pressure is 140 over 100, that's why you're on blood pressure medicine. Because eventually that will kill you because of your heart and your arteries. 
if this is a real pill and you, you take it, and six hours later, you take your blood pressure, and it's 140 over 100, what would you say about this? It's counterfeit. It's not real. It didn't do its job, its work. There's no proof. That's what James is talking about. But see, if I take this and it's real about six hours later or whatever, my blood pressure will be down to maybe 110 over 90 or something like that, whatever. Some range that you can kind of almost live with. See, that's why you must take blood pressure medicine your whole life because it's genetic and it's also something that can't be solved except some people, if they lose enough weight, can really reduce that and sometimes it goes away, but most people can't do it. So they go, well, I feel good. I just take my medicine. No, if it's real, you're going to have to constantly take it. And what James is trying to say is, look, if this medicine's real, it's going to prove itself. There's going to be a change in you. If my faith saves me, there's going to be evidence. There's going to be proof. So watch this. Write this. I think that made sense to you. Look at this next statement you need to write at our campuses. Actions, good works, and fruit are the proof that our faith is real, saving faith. I'm not saved by those, but it proves. That medicine, if it's real, six hours from now, it'll have an effect on my life. It will show itself to be real. Now, let me read to you. When Jesus was here, here's kind of a summary. In the book of Acts, Luke writes it like this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now listen, listen. And he went around doing good. A real Christian, a real Christ follower that has real saving faith, there's going to be a lifestyle that looks like Jesus. And when Jesus began to take those people and say, follow me, what happened? Their lifestyle changed. The woman caught in adultery, her lifestyle changed. The woman that had been married five times and living with somebody, her lifestyle changed. Eventually, Nicodemus, his whole lifestyle changed. You see, when we're following Jesus... We're to become like Jesus. So if you and I say we have real saving faith, and you look at that person months, years later, and there's no change, there's a problem. Listen to Spurgeon. Of what value is the grace that's received at salvation? I profess to receive at salvation if it does not dramatically change the way I live. And then Spurgeon says this. It will never change my eternal destiny. What is he saying? Spurgeon says, if you claim that you're a Christ follower and you're saved by faith, but there's not a change in your lifestyle, you've never really been saved. That faith isn't real. Now, you don't need to write this down because you know it, but this is where, this is where we think this when we're talking to people. I think this. Watch this statement. Real faith results in a real changed lifestyle. You cannot meet Jesus and have a personal relationship and there be no change. You cannot. Old things are passed away. All things become new. There's going to be a change somehow. Now, we're not perfect, none of us, but there's going to be a change. And what is that going to look like in my life? Well, 
I'm going to handle, if I have real faith and become a real Christian, I'm going to have a, oh, I'm going to handle temptations of life differently than I did before. I'm going to handle the discouragements of life different. Why? Because I know all things work together for good. I'm going to be growing more like Jesus because I'm going to be in the Bible more. The Bible is going to be transforming me. Uh, How I treat my spouse, my children, other people. How I handle my possessions, my money. All of those gifts that God has given me. I'm going to be changed in my life. Now, some of you are going to say, well, Pastor Mark, it's nice that you say that, but to be very honest, that's none of your business whether I've changed or not. Well, yes, it is. Wouldn't you rather hear me tell you the truth so that you can go, okay, yes or no, so that you don't stand on Judgment Day and say, wait a minute, I was a member of that Calvary Chapel deal there in Melbourne. Well, number one, God knows you're lying because there's no membership. Membership is not bad. Relax. Except, you know, one of the reasons we don't do it is too many people. Well, you know the real reason is? Just exactly what I said. Do you realize how many people there are in our world? That, oh, I'm a member of Church X. I bought that seat in the third row. I'm going to heaven. Now, we laugh, but that's very sad. So, you say, well, Pastor Mark, it's none of your business. Well, it is my business. And I have a verse to prove it. You think I'd say that without a verse? Of course not. I have a verse. Take a look at the verse. Paul is the one that writes this. Paul is the one that writes this. Saved by faith alone. But watch what he writes. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Come on, Vieira, listen. Examine yourself. So that's what we should be doing. That's what you should be doing right now. To see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, have you failed the test a genuine faith? Socrates used to say this, an unexamined life is not worth living. What is Paul trying to say? He says we should examine ourselves to see if what we claim, what I say is really true. Is our faith real? And thus our salvation real? Nothing is more important than that test. This is what James is alluding to. And this is exactly what Paul is stating. There's nothing more important than that one test. Because the true answer to that test is where you spend eternity. See, that's why we don't use the word too much anymore, I don't, Christian. Because kind of in the United States, not as true today, obviously. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I believe in God. We've already been through that. No, are you following Jesus Christ right now? In other words, are you becoming like him? It's a daily lifestyle. It's something you don't do every three weeks. It's a daily lifestyle depending upon him. Real faith reaches out in compassion. Like Jesus, it touches people. Jesus is there just kind of enjoying the view. And then somebody comes who's weeping. If we're not careful, we just enjoy the view. Without going, whoa, maybe, maybe I can speak a word of comfort and go over and pray with that person. You see, we saw Jesus doing what? Interacting with whoever. From a garbage truck to a skate park to the delivery room to a wedding. Wherever. A schoolroom. 
That's what you and I, that's what looks like good works. That's what looks like fruit. That is what looks like action. If I have real saving faith, there'll be evidence. I'll look and live like Jesus. Now turn with me, keep your finger there. Turn with me to John 15. Jesus spoke about this fruit. Paul spoke about fruit. Paul, in fact, is the one that speaks in Galatians. He writes about this fruit that's going to be evidence after you're saved. John 15, 8, here in Melbourne and Vier, and those watching online, look what Jesus says. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Now, This is just one evidence. There's going to be good works. There's going to be all kinds of other things. What is Jesus alluding to with fruit? There's actually five kinds of fruit that I usually define. Let me show you. You can write them down just to remind yourself. If I have real faith, then there's going to be a bold witness in my life. I'm going to be a person that, like Jesus, lost people matter to him. So they're going to matter to me. When God opens the door, now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have a boldness to share with that person. Next, godly character. Godly character is the Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. Those characteristics are going to be seen in your life. It's going to, not perfect. None of us, but it's going to happen over and over and over again. That compassion, that caring, that gentleness, that not a person that gets into it all the time. The person is, well, they're just slow to anger. They, they kind of have that peace of God that they get to flow with. Good works. Now, what does he mean by good works? Well, this is another proof that James and John, uh, James and Paul are not arguing. James is saying that there's faith, it's faith alone, but it doesn't stand alone. There's got to be something after that that shows it really was real. Exactly. I don't have time this morning, but Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10. Paul writes in 8 and 9, faith, you're saved by faith, grace, alone, period, done, finished. But then verse 10 talks about one thing, good works. All these things that God has prepared for you to do. He prepares those divine appointments for you. Good works to show. You guys are doing that. You're on mission trips. You're helping. You're inviting people. I mean, how do all those people get saved at Easter? You guys invited people. You came and prayed. Good works that he has designed for you to do before. Next, generous giving. Now, what does generous giving mean? It doesn't just mean tithes and offerings. Of course it means that. But everything you have is a gift from God. So my most valuable gift from God is my time. Now you notice the alarm clock. What was Jesus doing at 2.30? Getting up to collect whose garbage? Our garbage. See, he's going for it. He's using his time wisely. Ask yourself this morning, are you using your time wisely? What is my time wisely all about? Well, it's the kingdom of God. Now, first of all, it starts with my family and my spouse. But of course, my devotion time is primary because that's my first relationship. As a pastor, my time is not God and this church. My time is God and my wife and this church. Same for you. 
It's not your ministry. It doesn't even come before your spouse. And of course, it certainly doesn't come before God. And then last, authentic praise. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Many of you guys had no fruit of the Spirit because you always got here 25 minutes after the service started. You were fruitless. But you're doing better. You're doing fantastic. I want you to just pour in, kind of rushing to get in here because I'm standing at the door there. Viera, I'm going to be up there one week. No, I don't stand there for that reason. I just want to welcome you. But you're doing better. How can you have praise if you're not here for praise? Two people said amen, but I agree. <laughs> How many of you like to sing praise songs when you're outside the church? Amen. Here, now, when you get to heaven, not only is your body going to be way better than it is right now, but some of you, you, you couldn't sing on tune if Jesus was standing next to you. In heaven, perfect harmony. Could I hear an amen? Yeah. You sing, but just be quiet when you sing if that's you. Okay. Now, how many kinds of fruit are there? Lots. I just gave you five of the most. But what about quantities of fruit? This, is, this shows you this ongoing maturity. Let me read them to you. No fruit. Fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. I'm 65 years a Christian. I'm still at work. I'm still trying to be more like Jesus every day. Long way to go. Long way to go. But there is more fruit now than there ever was before. That's because God, without me, nothing. With him, everything. And as you begin to do that, God opens more doors to you. But see, it's about you and watching God use you. That's what it's about. Now, one time Jesus said this. Listen, Matthew 7, 20. Here's the words of Jesus himself. By their fruits, you will know them. So Jesus is looking. Is your faith real? There'll be some evidence. There'll be fruits. There'll be good works. There'll be some action in your life. Now, back to... James 2.18. James uses another discussion between two people. I'm going to read verse 18. I, I think because uh, both of these people that you're going to read here claim they have real faith, they are saved. But watch. Verse 18. James 2.18 here in Melbourne, Vieira. Now someone may argue. Someone may say. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So James says, as always, there are some people who say they have real faith, but they don't worry about anything after the faith. On the other end, James says, I can show you that my faith is real by what I do. The evidence of fruit, good works, and action. While we may love to serve a church or help out at a mission project, if we don't have a saving faith, then our faith is dead. These are tough words that Pastor Mark told us today. Real faith is never alone. There will always be action, works, or fruit. Our good works will come out of a changed life, a life that is a Christ follower. Do you have that faith that Pastor Mark was talking about today? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, we will be challenged by Pastor Mark to look at our own lives. Are we trying to get to heaven by only doing good works? While doing good things is not bad, we must have the saving faith that only comes from Jesus Christ. Then we will see a changed lifestyle that brings good works because of what Jesus has done for us, and because we want to follow His example. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your lessons.